the Grunge Bible Music Community for episode 59. My name is Ethan Shalloway. I'm joined by the lovely Chris Salona, who is rocking a Bruins NHL hockey jersey today and a mustache for the people on YouTube. And the muzzy. And, and we're going to talk about all of that. Um, but first and foremost, we have our daily check-in. So, Chris, how are you today, man? I have to say... Um... Well, first of all, it's, it's, it's good to be here with you in this space once again for the 59th time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. It's been, a lo- it's been a little while since I've had something to complain about like I normally do. Um, I haven't, I haven't had to rant for a while, but no news is good news, I guess. I, I have nothing no to complain about. No news is good news. I'm in a good mood. I have a mustache. Um, I'm not wearing a hat. I'm not wearing glasses. I feel kind of naked uh, doing this podcast, but... Uh, a little Frump Bottoms reference there. You didn't even didn't, didn't realize. Huh. I didn't no even know it. They've, they've just infused themselves into my brain so much that I'm subconsciously referencing them. Yep. My outlook, it matters. I realize that it matters. No news is good news. Um, I'm into that. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you're doing, that you're in a good equilibrium for this yeah. episode. I'm, I'm actually really, I'm in a good spot too. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, how, how's Ethan's world today? Yeah, it was a really nice weekend. Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Tuesday, May 3rd, for those keeping score at home, this will come out on the 9th. The terrible Tuesdays are not so terrible when we can have a podcast. I mean, Tuesday, just I think we've talked about it. It's just one of those, it's just a weird day. Like Monday, you have the feeling that you can get after it, but Tuesday's like, you still got the whole week ahead of you. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, you're in it. Especially if if you don't take care of yourself Monday, then Tuesday, Tuesday faces you pretty early. But yeah. Yeah, How's your your sleep schedule, Chris? Oh, I've been, I've been, I've been the rest father lately. I've been, I've been enjoying the big rest. Um, so I, I did a powerlifting competition over the weekend and leading up to that, I really tried to prioritize getting my seven to eight hours of sleep. And it felt so good that even after the competition, I'm going to try to keep riding that train and keep trying to get seven or eight hours. And I did that last night. I slept 10 to five thirty, and I feel good. That's awesome. Um, good rest is Definitely underrated, underutilized, and something that is always on the to-do list for us. Yeah, and around um, so these yes. parts, yeah, there's there's a couple of things that energize us, and that's definitely, you know, that's option number one in the handbook. <laughs> so yeah, so for the people that were following on YouTube last week, Chris had a beard, and we talked about his powerlifting endeavors on the weekend. He asked me, uh, should I shave down or should I keep the beard? And of course, when he asked that question, he already knew what he was going to do, but he wanted my, <laughs> he wanted some reassurance. But naturally I was like, well, he's done a, he's done a, an Olympic lifting uh, competition before. And I feel like that has mustache written all over it. So I was feeling the beard for this and I told him beard and obviously he ignored that because he was, he was ready for the mustache. And, and uh, we've done this a few times on uh, the beginning of the pod where we were, we rocked some mustaches, but Chris, what? led you to the decision to ride with the mustache yeah. for this powerlifting comp for your first ever comp yeah first ever and um i have to say before i get into this this is certainly i think why everyone's tuning in they want to know why and oh, yeah. um so i originally went into it with the intention that i was going to grow a beard and then i was growing the beard so i could cultivate a good mustache under the cover of darkness because yep. i don't grow great mustaches it takes time and and Sometimes it's just easier to grow the beard and then boom, you've got a good mustache whenever you totally want. Totally agree. Totally so, agree. I hate beards. And last week at the beginning of the week, I was going to shave, but I got cold feet. I, I wanted to keep the beard around for a little while. So I kept it until Saturday. My competition was on Sunday and I was originally going to heed your advice. Um, but then I, um, I checked with a couple of my other confidants. I, I heard, I heard it from a confidant and um, <laughs> I was instructed that the mustache uh, 
would be a good move. And I just caught a moment Saturday afternoon where I, I looked at myself in the mirror. I was washing my hands and I just decided at that point that I needed a mustache. So I, I got out the materials and I, I did away with the month growth of beard on my face. I mean, it made sense. You wore a headband, correct? I did, yeah. So you had a headband, a mustache, and then you were wearing a, a singlet, so short shorts. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, made, it, just, it, it definitely made vibe. sense. It yeah. made sense when I saw the video. I was like, oh, yeah, like, of yeah. course. There, there, were, there were a lot of beards, uh, a, a lot of individuals sporting beards at this, uh, at this event, but I had, to, I, had to, I had to get in the mix with the mustache because uh, mustaches can be a lost art at this point. I agree. I agree. So what, I mean, it definitely goes best with headwear. So yeah. a hat is always preferred, but the, the um, headband is also a really great place. Yeah, so. that's, yeah, you need that. It kind of frames the whole mustache thing uh, a little bit better than otherwise if you, you went in raw. So how did the, um, the powerlifting comp go? First ever, um, were, you, were you happy? Yeah, I was, I was pretty satisfied. So my training had been dog shit for the month prior to it. So my expectations were fairly low. Um, but it was just one of those things that I, I had some really good friends of mine come to support, um, help coach me up. And from the minute I got in there, there was a lot of energy because it was, it was a competition and I enjoy those types of things. And I normally train alone, as I've mentioned before. So it was a combination of the energy, the, just the environment, my friends, and you just, just want to get after it for a little bit. So I, I, hit, I hit my best back squat in about seven months. Um, so I squatted 540. Um, bench, I did, I only did 303, but I had a really good attempt at 320, but the left arm just wouldn't come through. And then by the end of the day, um, I, I broke into my emergency caffeine supply. I, I ripped 300 milligrams of caffeine before the deadlifts, uh, in the form of a nice, um, like a star blast bang. And that did the trick. I, um, and I ended up pulling 606, which was an all time PR and I came in second. So. That's amazing. That's uh, those are some really good numbers, especially for. Yeah, I was happy with it. Especially for I know you. I know you left some some kilograms on the table for your weight, which is you know it doesn't matter when you're just doing it for yourself. So that's yeah. awesome. I mean, that's a really strong individual, and um, I like the choice of Bang for your energy drink. Uh, when it comes to performance based energy drinks, I think Bang is probably the best. It just um, smacks you in the mouth sometimes, and that's what yeah. you need. You just need to you need that that shock of cold water. Yeah, I'm a huge Red Bull fan, but I feel mm. like the Bang does uh, perform it does perform really well with uh, yeah. physical activity. So what I didn't tell you is before each of before the squat and the bench, um, I was microdosing caffeine the whole day. So there's, are you familiar with Celsius? Um, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, so they have 100 milligrams of caffeine in there. So I had one before the squat, one before the bench, and I that's what I did. I was like, if I'm going to use the three, if I'm going to use the big gun, it's got to be at the end. So. I was kind of tired at that point. I, I brought it out and it, and it definitely worked out. So, I mean, in addition to my morning coffee, I probably had like 600 milligrams of caffeine, which I think your average cup of coffee in the morning has like 60 milligrams. So I had like the equivalent of 10 cups of coffee on the day, but Hey, it worked. It was a lot of fun. Really jacked I, you up. Really jacked me up, man. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty adamant before all of this, that this would be my first and last powerlifting competition. After after Sunday, I I kind of got the bug. I kind of want to do another one. I, I know I left some weight out there on the table. I I need to I need to squat six hundred before before I retire from strength sports. My best is five eighty five right now. So yeah, so maybe one time you can just commit to gaining the extra weight to solidify yeah, and just that. Maximizing, yeah, and, and definitely the bench. I, I can. You add are so more, close. So. I mean, yeah, I'm close. Makes, yeah, I've makes, only trained it for four months, so. 
I put another four or six months in and maybe hit another comp in the fall, I think I'll be in good shape. 100%. I mean, good things take time, as we've talked about a lot. and They um, certainly if, do. But yeah, you overall, know, there's nothing was, wrong with having some skin in the game there and pushing yeah, yourself. It's, it's the biggest measuring stick, and I was really thankful for the support of, of three of my friends who came out and my mom actually also attended who, who is a top level patron. I was going to say, <laughs> if we're talking about support, we're talking about support. There is a, there is a list of people that it's that time of week again. And I would love to take some time to thank our top level patrons uh, who make this I mean, podcast yeah. possible. So my mom's double dipping in the areas of support right now. She was at the powerlifting competition and She's a top-level patron, so we'll lead off uh, to thank our top-level patrons. That list starts with my mother, Carlene Salona. And additionally, we have Wayne Staley, Victor Schaefer, Kara Kay, The Blue Owl, Rachel Corning, Fuck Soup, Doug Endy, Jade Mercado, Release, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, our number one fan from Australia, Jamie Lynn, Marianne, Kayla Jean, Millie, Alexis Shannon, Sonny Mashburn, Sue, Shannon Gorgon, Nikki Six, Black Hole Sean, Chris LSMS, Laura Nyrene, Darian Riddle, Brenda, Alex Long, and Captain High Top. Amazing. That's it's awesome. It's I think amazing. we just eclipsed, um, eclipsed uh, 50 Patreon, uh, yeah, Patreon we're supporters. We're strong. So that number is amazing. If we could catch up to the number of episodes we have for the number of supporters, that would be, be awesome. So we yeah. need nine. So if you're out there listening... Two and bucks you want to help us to get in the mix. That's yep, it. That's it's, a shit, it it's a shitty cup of 60 milligram caffeine of coffee. And uh, that would go a long way. So um, if you're listening and you like our show, um, it is the best way to support us. So, you know what? Just find $2 in your, uh, that, your you, couch you it, and just call it even. Let's put it this way. So we release give or take four episodes a month, right? And each episode is usually about an hour long, although sometimes they're longer. So if you... You separate that two dollars or five dollars or ten dollars over four hours. I mean, that's 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 a pretty it's a pretty cheap wage to be paying for your entertainment. So uh, if exactly. you want to put it that way, fifty cents an episode. I mean, that's that's a good rate for some hopefully entertaining conversation. Yeah, I mean, it. We are cheap labor, is what it comes yeah, down to. We're, we're so. cheap. We're cheap labor. We're consistent. We don't miss. We don't and miss, and we put on a good. Want. We put on a good show. And we put on a good Instagram page. So, uh, just do us a favor and empty those pockets. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to empty them. A couple, yeah, a couple, right. of, couple of quarters. That's it. Spare change. Absolutely. Um, oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad we hit. Uh, so we got the powerlifting. We got the mustache out of the way. We got the support out of the way. So now um, we have to bring back. The none, none other than the great Gary, uh, Gary, <laughs> the great Jerry Cantrell. Gary Cantrell. <laughs> I, got, I was getting was him mixed Gary up. Man? <laughs> Jerry Cantrell, Ethan. So we're recording this on May third. He just, he just rocked the moor in Seattle very <laughs> Dude, recently. He just, he just crushed Seattle. He, he um, crushed. Jerry Cantrell is a train that leaves nothing but utter destruction and just stupefaction in its wake, and this train is not slowing down. Seeing him in Seattle would be obviously yeah. the coup de gras. I mean, that's just sounds perfect. <laughs> that's definitely right? not the correct term to use. But coup de gras. What is it. what's coup de gras? A coup de gras, a coup de gras is like a like the the death killing of like a like you put your animal out of its misery. Wait, really? Yes, that's what that means. Like, dude. Well, I mean, that's what the show like is. Old then. Yeller I mean, at I... the end of the movie. It's the coup de gras. <laughs> 
Dude, I feel like I mean I feel like he should end the show with Seattle, and that's how it should be. <laughs> that's true, but he's still rolling on. He's still rolling on. Jerry, Jerry doesn't care. Jerry does not care. Jerry, Jerry he put care. on a he put on a great show. I just had the set list up. I think he played a few that. Yeah, I think uh, they made some they made some changes to the set list recently, and I know we had uh, we had some people who were a part of the page, uh, community members who went to the show. I think a few of them who traveled out there to see it in Seattle, and it doesn't look like they were disappointed. Um, I really think after the the hiccup of a couple of individuals getting COVID, um, they're back and they're firing at all cylinders again. And it seems yeah. like the entire the entire touring band is uh, reaching a very very um, synergistic level of performance. That's super super cool. So I'm stoked whenever I see anybody catching one of those shows. And uh, I, there's still some more on the list uh, that you got to go and see. So if Jerry's coming near you, I think you, you got to take the leap. You got to go. Yep, you don't know when he's gonna tour again solo, and um, we all saw him, and damn, it now was it turn. was special. Yeah, now it's now your turn. So there. go out there and support the Brighton tour, and we're gonna keep talking about that. We're pretty much the um, you know, the unknown ghost sponsor for that tour. I think yeah, uh, they don't know it, but we're we're yeah. <laughs> hearts and minds. We're we're winning. We're winning everybody over. Um, and I'm really excited for this whole year and. I think the uh, the grunge juices for me are starting to flow again. I know we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, same thing. I think over the weekend or last Friday, I was really starting to get into 10 again. And just like clockwork, um, Pearl Jam, they're starting their North American tour um, today on, on the 3rd of May. I think they're playing in San Diego tonight. Uh, got a couple of people that, that reached out and said that they're going tonight. So really, really excited for people to be able to see Pearl Jam. It's been a while. Their last U.S. tour, uh, their their last full U.S. or North American tour was in 2018. So it's been a couple of years, a uh, couple of years coming. But super, super excited about that. Yeah, and we were just talking earlier. Um, Eddie Vedder is 57, correct? 57 and years old. He's embarking on. The, it's like a five month, six month tour, and um, they're just going to be rocking both. U.S. and over in Europe and yeah, and Canada, um, the lovely in Canada. individuals in Canada, they're gonna get their their uh, their fill of of the great PJ as well. And that's one thing I always forget about is the, I mean, having not done it, but I can only imagine the physical toll that touring and playing for three hours a night, um, even even ten ten nights in a month. But I think Pearl Jam they might be doing a little bit more each month. But um, I mean, for a fifty seven year old like Eddie. We've seen Eddie twice. We've seen Pearl Jam twice, rather. And the energy that they still bring after having played hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of shows over the last 30 years, it's still really, really impressive. And it's something that I'm very grateful that Ethan, you and I were able to see them twice um, back in first in 2016 and then second in 2018. And and definitely we're, we're still trying to make plans to get to a show this year, but it's it's another one of those things. I mean, their their tickets are a lot harder to come by than other bands or other groups. But you know, if you can you can see them if you haven't seen them before, I, I definitely think it's worth it for a lot of the right. reasons that we spoke about um, with getting to see Jerry and and you getting to see Modest Mouse is just kind of that culmination of the uh, the um, the affinity for their music and the connection that you've developed over months or years or decades, and that's something that for me is really important and which is why right. we definitely need to get to one of those shows this year. So we've seen two and there's potential for more. So uh, what I, what I want to ask you is what do you look forward to the most 
uh, when anticipating a Pearl Jam show. So think about your first one. What were you anticipating the most for that? And how did it change and for your second show? And now what, what is like one thing that would keep you going back? Like, what do you, what do you look forward to? Yeah, I have to say, um, the atmosphere at the shows that's generated by the people who attend and the people you, you, you find yourself around during the shows. I mean, we had two very positive experiences with the people we were around. So that's something that having camaraderie to already, I look forward to that. Yeah, um, I, wrote that I definitely think well. it's one of those things that if the location of the venue allows, if there's bars or restaurants or whatever around, you definitely got to go early, hang out, have some drinks, get some food, just spend time, talk to people. You know, that's the cool thing about shows. You're all there for one purpose and it's to, to share in that moment. And I think if you go early and you stay after, um, you can extend that, that, that camaraderie uh, for pretty much the whole day. So that's something I very, very much look forward to. The other thing I look forward to with Pearl Jam is that like 10 to 15 second period in between songs where you're anticipating and you're wondering what they're going to play next. Now, there's yep. some that are obviously a staple of their their live performances. I think like they always play alive. They always play porch, but this, their catalog's super deep. So you never know what you're going to get. And that's something that is always really exciting to me uh, being a heavy, heavy fan of theirs. Um, mm -hmm. So. I think having already seen them a few times and already at the first show, the first song, I checked off the one song that I needed to hear Pearl Jam perform live in my lifetime, which was release. Um, so after that, it's there's a couple more. I still want to hear Dissident live at some point. Yeah. So fingers crossed that this this year might be the year for me. But yeah, those are those are definitely the two things I look forward to the most with a Pearl Jam show. What about you? Yeah, I wrote down camaraderie is the first thing. Yeah. Um and it does go hand in hand with the anticipation of songs. So I said, like going there be prior mm -hmm. and, you know, meeting people, you know, being at the bar, being like, oh, what brings you to town? And you yeah. oversharing how you just got in for a Pearl Jam show and the travel. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I agree. I think that not only the 15 seconds in between songs, but before the show goes on, you get to swap stories of the songs that you've heard That's so and the fun. songs that you want to hear. And you're like, oh, man, like, you know, I know they played this in Fenway. I'm really hoping we get it here in Wrigley. Or you get mm -hmm. to, like, talk about the, the songs that you're anticipating. I think that is really special and a lot yeah. of fun. Um, and then I also put, like, after the show, um, there's nothing better than, than walking the streets and yelling, why go home? And going, going to the next bar and doing pretty much exactly that, just recapping yeah. And talking about the the songs that they did play and then the mm. songs that they didn't play, yeah, at all while yelling "Why go home?" Yes, uh, I think it's is so important. great. I have a vivid recollection of we saw them for the first time in 2016 at Fenway Park. It was their first of two shows that they played at Fenway on that tour, and I remember afterwards that was the first time we saw them. We were just kind of just sitting there in the aftermath. And I think that's the only thing that we said back and forth to one another. We didn't want to leave. We're just like, "Why go home?" But um. I think we, we, we did hear them play that. I, I can't remember if it was at the Wrigley show or the, or, or the, um, or the Fenway show, but um, yeah, that's another thing too. The moment where they start into a song that, you know, everybody wants to hear and everyone's excited about. And just to hear like the, the crowd come up to meet the band at that moment, once everybody recognizes what song they're going into. I mean, that's just the energy there. It's, it's equal parts cathartic and, healing in a way and just energetic and and that's something that i always look forward to is similar 
when at Jerry, you know, when they come out and I think I got man of the box at, at some point in the show and everyone goes nuts. And same yeah. thing with wood, obviously, you know, when you start hearing the baseline at the beginning, it's just, ah, oh, you can't beat, you can't beat music in a live setting, especially when it's coming from a band that you have such a longstanding connection to. So that's definitely another thing for me. Yeah. The anticipation for each song is always a blast. And um, I think another thing is you never know what, what part of the show is going to be really like breathtaking. Yeah. And I remember the first one, the performance they had of black was mm-hmm. just something I'll always remember. The lights went down and I think Bronson was on the stage for that. Bronson, Bronson Arroyo did, did make Bronson his way Arroyo. out onto the stage. And that was just, you know, all the lights went out. Everybody got their phones and the, the lights and uh, the lighters and stuff. And it was a really special performance and, and you never know what concert, I mean, I feel like Wrigley Wrigley had something similar but it wasn't um it wasn't like that Fenway experience where yeah. the lights cut out and um that was really special and like I said sometimes you go to shows and things like that don't happen and they're still really fun but then yeah. you go to ones and you're like you leave and you go like man that that was I'll always remember that you know that's something that will that is just a really you know that's significant it's to Fenway. You remember. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I say it's something that they're only going to do at Fenway. They're not going to bring out Bronson Arroyo at a different show or they're not right. going to bring out, you know, a, another Seattle member unless they're in Seattle. So that's why you kind of go to those special locations because, you know, Oh, like, you know, Foo Fighters are playing Chicago. They spent a lot of time in Chicago. And so you don't know what is going to happen. Yeah, You just never know. Like if you're in, if you're seeing a Pearl Jam show at Seattle, you, you know, Mark Arm might be out there. He might even right, make yeah. his way out on this. You just don't know. And and that's something that's super cool. That's definitely one of my favorite things. But um I definitely agree with you um for the 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 Fenway show that we saw. The two parts that stick out for me is 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 release at the beginning. Um I think over the the PA they were playing the studio track by the Who of Baba O'Reilly, and then that cut out and then you hear Stone starting to play the opening of the D chord for um for release, and that was that was probably one of the more emotional live music experiences I've had because as we've spoken about at length on this show, uh, the connection that we had to that song release, and then at the at the Wrigley show, I remember towards the end, I just pulled up the set list. They they had a great run of songs at the end, and I remember Better Man came on, and we were around some great people that mm-hmm. were all just having a really good time, and that's such a sing along song, and they went. It went better man to alive to rockin' in the free world to yellow yeah. lead better. And that was yeah, that was like the perfect ending of a Pearl Jam show for me. Yeah, that was a really I remember um I remember we were contemplating like dude, like because we were up in the the upper upper deck. Yeah. And that's we the were, shitty thing about seeing Pearl Jam now yeah. because they're so big. The arenas and stadiums that they play are so large. And it, I mean just to get in the building is great, but we, we were so far away for both of them. And we were like pretty uh, we're pretty set on trying to move up and get closer and like yeah. maybe jump some barriers but we didn't want to risk it getting kicked out because we had flown there and stuff but yeah, it was a i remember being one. i remember being like really close but dude I th- i'm pretty sure we can get down there and the going but we stayed up and then we met the met the brothers up there and we got to sing with them and that was you know that was a lot of fun you always you always remember somebody from those shows like yeah. that just stick out well, that was the best one, and I think we need to talk about this. Yeah, it's I think been, so too. It's been it's been six years now since the first show that we saw, but I remember vividly we 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 poured it. We were there at the beginning, like far before the show started. We were just sitting there, and then they started to play release. And as soon as 
As soon as Eddie starts singing, this one shirtless guy came in next to us and he, I think he, he went in between us and he put his arms around us and this shirtless guy, and he had a very, very fresh tattoo of the word rear view mirror on his chest and right on his clavicle. Yeah. You could tell that he had just gotten it done that day. And like, he put his arms around us and like, we all just sang release together, which was super, super cool. Never got his name. Um, all we know, we, we just, we speak of him now as rear view mirror. And, you know, he told me, he told us about all the shows that he had gone to over the years, um, at Fenway and just around. And I think he, he said that he was a, he was a, he was a former police officer that quote unquote got fired for smoking too many cigarettes. So I have no (laughs) idea what that means, but it was great. And then at one point he came back and he just produced beers for us, which was great. Um, it was just one of those things that I think. It's unique to concerts and unique to environments where you're all there for one reason that you just automatically become friends with people and you you can share space in such a positive way just because you're there for that one reason. I mean, like who we probably never would have. I don't know if we would have been friends with him if we met him at another 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 uh, venue for something else or whatever, if we ever would have come in contact with these people. But that's what makes it special. I think every single show you go to every Pearl Jam show, there's always. It's always one person or a group of people around you that you kind of remember. And we definitely got our two with, with rear view mirror. Um, and then the, the, the guys who were in front of us at the Wrigley show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the people that you just want to take and you just put them in your memory bank and you'll have it forever. And I hope that we're those type of people for, uh, somebody else. I, I think about that too. Like, I hope you go, we go through and, you know, maybe not at a, maybe not at a Pearl Jam show, but maybe at another show or another uh, event where, we do that for somebody else and we get to be there, you know, their token and their, you know, yeah. uh, memento in a way that, that takes them back to that moment. And, uh, cause that stuff is, is cool and it, and it is really special and it makes it memorable, which is the whole point, you know, to make good yeah. memories. Yeah. That's absolutely, um, absolutely the greatest part. And one other memory I have about the, the Wrigley show, um, we, the morning of the show was the first time Ethan that we ever um, went yeah. live on the Instagram or introduced like who we were behind the page. And, and at that point, I mean, the page was exponentially smaller than it was now. I think we had like 30,000 followers. I don't even know if we had the Facebook page by that point, but um, I remember we went live that morning and we just started talking music. And I think that morning, and I guess that experience as a whole really reinforced the power that the music has and, and how cool the community is. That's, that's kind of rallied around the the pages that we have in this podcast and you know just whenever we want we can we can post something or we can go live and talk about these things that we're passionate about um i do remember that because you had got in that morning because your flight was delayed pretty much a full day right and you got in and we went live from the airbnb before we set out in the world and yeah that was <clears throat> that was a lot of fun that was also the first time that we say yeah we were at probably 30 maybe thirty thousand, and we had we had to have a conversation I was like what's next for grunge bible and we actually yeah. went to a coffee shop and we took some notes and that was before we had um you know phone line contact with chris Cafaro, and we called him i think that was the first time that we talked to him it was the day after the pearl jam show the, we chatted it was with the, him i guess it was time. yes it was the day after and um so we kind of got um you know some inspiration and the rubber to the road with somebody that had been around it and i think that made that trip even you know even more memorable because it just it was a time stamp of when 
we're like, okay, we, we can do this. We have some, you know, this guy's really thinks that we have something and, and he's always been a big supporter. And, and, uh, he was like, if you need anything. And so we got, we got our mind racing with all that. And that was, that was yeah. a lot of fun. Well, it's funny too, because you just mentioned as it relates to being at a concert or being at something that you hope that you can be the person that adds value to that experience for people around you. And I think that that day and talking with Chris and going live for that first time and sharing in that, I think that was one of the first times that I really realized that maybe what we were doing on these social media pages can add value for people and can be helpful for people. Um, you know, just to have it reinforced by other people that we don't know that, Hey, like this is a cool thing that you guys are doing. Um, because at that point, I don't know that we had any expectations for what we were doing with the page or how we want to connect with people or, Frankly, even if we wanted to continue doing it um, consistently moving forward, I think by that point we had just both graduated college a few months ago and our lives were changing and we were entering new phases. So inevitably when you reach those points of change, some things get left behind. And I mean, I think that experience reinforced to me that the <laughs> grunge Bible was not going to be something that got left behind. And here we, <laughs> here we are and it's, it's still going. And uh and hopefully, hopefully it'll keep going for, for a while longer. Yeah, I, th I think it will. I mean, we're having fun doing these podcasts and as long as it's not too, you know, stressful, or, you know, as, <laughs> as long as it's not going to be a detriment to other stuff. I mean, there's Something always a place. Something I'm really excited for too is, is I'm now realizing that pretty much any, any grunge or rock show that we go to by this point, the page is big enough that if we shout out, Hey, we're going to this thing chances are we're going to be able to make contact through the page with somebody else who's going to the shows. And that's something I'm super excited about uh, moving forward because the last couple of years, there really weren't any shows with the pandemic and everything, but uh, to be able to make in-person connections through, through the podcast or through the page. Um, I think that's something that at least for me personally is really, really valuable and it's really cool um, uh, because otherwise w without that, without the music or without social media, like we don't make those connections. We don't have those experiences and, and ultimately we don't have those memories and they're not enhanced in that way. So that's something that's super cool for me that I look forward to. Yeah. <clears throat> and who knows where it'll take us to next, as we like to say, we never know what grunge is going to give us next. Um, it's been a vessel for some awesome things and we look forward to whatever's next, you know? Absolutely. So with all of this, this concert talk and specifically towards Pearl Jam, there's a couple of things that I'm thinking about, but you know, we're always talking about the greatest parts of seeing shows and the things that are most memorable for the best reasons. But Ethan, are, are there any things that could happen at a live show or things about the environment that could ruin it for you? Like that could, mm, that could detract yeah. from the experience. Yeah. I've, um, it, it it depends on the band, depends on where I'm standing, sitting. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of factors that go into this. And um, I'm just thinking back to the Modest Mouse concert I was just at. I was up there pretty close. And and uh, actually, this is really an interesting story um, regarding this. So I'll just tell us. So I was up there, and it was um, a Sunday night, and it was a long weekend. So I just wanted to get up there. I got there a little early so I could get into 
the mix without having to try, you know, kind of yeah. solidify my spot, make some friends mm-hmm. with people. So That's if important. I need, so if I need to go to the bathroom, I'll, you know, I'll just be like, Hey, hold my spot. Yeah, you have some allies. Um, in the I fight. actually, right before I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. And I like walked like 10 feet to the left and then like the lights dimmed and I was like frozen. I was like, uh, I had a decision to make. And I was like, <laughs> I'm, I, and they didn't come right on. So I was like, I don't, I think it was a fake. So I ran and I got back in time. But, um, when I'm up there and, and I'm like, you know, when you get really close, you assume that everybody is there for to watch and to be like pretty into it. And yeah. if you're if you're not feeling that, you stand in the back. I've been to shows and I know that I was like, hey, this isn't my band. I'm gonna stand by the bar. I'm gonna stand back and just get a view on everything and kind of take it in. And right. I know my, you know, you know, you know where you you kind of fall into place. Like the really the diehards. You, you are, have to have that honest conversation with yes. yourself before you go in. Because I don't want to take away a, a you know a prime spot in a general admission if I'm not gonna, you know, have that experience right. um that they would. So yeah, you gotta be honest with yourself. Where do you fall in line? How close to the rail do you get? Are you on the rail or are you at the back with the in the bar or you're hanging yeah. by the merch table with the uh, opener? And um so Something that bothers me for sure is when you're up there and the people around you are like, just have no idea who's going on and maybe they're a little bit too drunk. And this is mainly when you're like, when you're not drunk, you know, <laughs> like, cause like if you're really drunk, I mean, that's when you are, gonna... you, you're not able to evaluate that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I remember like, you know, there's been a few times where people are just, you know, they're not paying attention. They're not, and they're really distracting because they're, you know, just a little too drunk, but in, in a way that, you know, they're drunk because not because of an excitement. They're just drunk because they don't really like have anything invested with the band. Yeah. So they're just doing their own thing. And that's really selfish and can, can get on my nerves. If, if I'm, especially if I'm solo and if I'm not with some other people that I can kind of right. like debrief, if I have to hold all that in or something like yeah, that stuff, hard. that stuff can get to me. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, at the, at the concert though, I was standing there and I had, a, I had a few drinks before, but I didn't want to pay for any more drinks. And I was kind of just happy being up there. And I, I threw a, I threw a dip in, right. A little yeah. snus, no, not, not, necessarily a bit, a dip, yeah. you know, but I just wanted a little buzz, nothing serious, just something I could, uh, you know, kind of cope, just kind of a um, nurse for, you know, five songs like that. Right. And so I had finished my beer and I had a cup and I put some, some paper towel in it and I was just doing my thing. And this lady next to me was kind of drunk and she came up and, and she was pretty, she was pretty drunk. Maybe not. I don't know. But, um, she looked over to me and she saw me. I'm just minding my own business. And she taps right. on. She's like, she's like, are you dipping? And I looked at her and I was like, I was like, yeah, I am. And she's like, why? She's like, why are you dipping? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was like, hey, man. I, I said this to her. I was like, hey. I was like, everybody has their vices. And I was like, this is what I'm doing. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why are you drinking? And she's oh. like, blah, blah. So, that, so obviously we, she's like, yeah, well, you know, we went back to our thing and talking like, you know, eight songs go by. And she comes back and she taps me on the shoulder and she's like, hey. She's like, I'm really sorry I said that earlier. Like, I didn't mean to. Oh, <laughs> my she, goodness. I was, like, I was like, no, no, you're fine. She's like, no, I shouldn't have said that. She's like, everybody has their vices. Yeah, you know, something, basically the same thing. She's like, no, it's all good. Like, I totally understand. Like, I shouldn't have said that. And I was like, hey, like, wow. I, I totally get it. And it was it was kind of a cool one because at first I was pretty fired up, as you yeah, could Yeah, you're just you trying to enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was you're like, really? I mean, there's point. literally like, yeah, I mean, people are. You know, you smell the ganja plant rolling around and, you, right. you know, people are doing everything. Yeah, and then there are far gets, more obtrusive things that are, that are happening. Yeah. I'm just standing there. I got my hat on low profile and I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, a few spits here and there, but, uh, she felt yeah. the need to say it, but she came back and 
and said she was sorry. So that was pretty cool. She she atoned for her sins. Yeah, at that she point. atoned. So I guess a main thing is yeah, when you're when you're in the mix and people are not on the same level, whether that be like, because sometimes I mean, even when I if I'm if I'm the person who's being a little outgoing and stuff, and people aren't matching my level, I can be like, why aren't you know why aren't you as excited as I am? Yeah. Um. But it's it's good to know that everybody has their own uh their own way to take in a show, and uh, that's important. Yeah, definitely. Something that comes to mind for me um, that is exclusively by my own hand that I can never seem to get right is is totally when it's a show where it's general admission and you find a spot up at the front, but you find halfway through the show that you need to go and use the bathroom and you're faced with that decision. It's like, oh, do I do I leave and then miss some of the show or come back? And and there there've been a couple of times where I've like you know I've I've just been a little too hydrated at that point. I need to go. I need to get out of there. And and I decide not to because I don't want to miss some of the show. And it, and it definitely impacts my enjoyment levels of the show. But um, that that's a me thing, I guess. But I, I definitely agree with you in terms of the um, the hierarchy of place in a general admission crowd for uh, what you're there for and how interested you're going to be. Um, I try to be respectful of that as well in the sense that I'd like to be upfront for the for something that's super important to me, and then if it's not, if someone's really really energetic, I'll I'll let them go in front of me or whatever. If you know if I'm if I'm not digging it or if I've seen a, a band a few times before or if I'm just going just for the hell of it. Um, and then another thing that kind of grinds my gears a little bit um, when it's a GA show and if you're in the pit is um, if there is a piece of unoccupied territory and you make a you make a decision that you would like to occupy that territory and people around you might get upset um that you're moving in front of them or whatever but there's there's a sizable portion of of empty space in front of them that's happened to me a few times where i've decided to make a move to get a little closer not 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 being aggressive about it but just making my way around and standing there and 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 i've i've heard people uh murmur to themselves or to the the people that they're with like oh like we were here before but you, you should move up and if you don't move up i, I think that's it's on an open them invita- it's on them in my opinion it, it's yeah. totally on them just um, like if i'm standing there and i leave a little bit too much room and somebody moves in i mean there's nothing i can say and i'm a little taller of, than you too yeah it's the lay of the land and and that's the thing for me like i'm not i'm not a tall human being so i i never have that issue but um there's been times too where if i leave a little bit too much space in front someone comes in and they're taller i mean that's that was my fault because I didn't I didn't close that gap. But at the end of the day, I, I I personally I don't get too upset if someone moves in front of me or someone makes a power play to get in front of me because I just think to myself like this must matter to them a lot. And that might just be my spin to rationalize it. Maybe they are being an asshole, but um, you know if it matters yep. to them, they got they got to get up front. So I I totally I totally agree with that decision. But I mean, if you're in the pit and and it's that kind of show, like you you there's space yeah. open you have to expect that it's going to be taken so i i don't mm-hmm. really understand when people um people get upset about that um what are your opinions on people singing at shows singing i mean uh, there's there's been a few times where like of course i just i would love to just hear the voice of whoever's singing but yeah. i think that it's it's totally expected and i i endorse it i mean if you know the lyrics i'm a terrible i'm terrible with lyrics so i, I feel always left out but yeah. no I, I i think it's very appropriate yeah i would uh, i would agree i think it definitely depends on the song um and it depends on the venue too like a, like a, if pearl jam's playing wrigley field for example and there's thirty five thousand people there 
inevitably someone's going to be singing and it's no problem. Um, I don't really have a problem with it either because I think it's just a way that people connect to it. And you can't go to a show, I think, and not expect people to sing along with things. Um, there was a really funny, uh, funny story when we went to the Wrigley show, I went live on grunge Bible from, from the crowd at some point, And I can't remember if I was singing or if people around me were singing. Um, <laughs> but I was live for like three minutes and somebody commented on the live and they're like, please shut up. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hear the show. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not here for you. Like I, you're lucky I mean, that you I had went a, live so you could see some of this. You had a chance to buy a ticket and you didn't do it. So yeah. that's on you. You know? Yeah. So I, I definitely, I mean, if you want to sing, go ahead and I mean, that's you're at a concert of music. I've so. seen that a few more. I've seen that a lot at shows where people are up by the rails and they're FaceTiming somebody so they can be there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. I mean, whatever. I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. Like, yeah, I didn't, yeah, please shut up so I can hear Pearl Jones. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. There's been a few times where, <laughs> no, no. I'd be like, yeah, that would make me want to hang up. Oh, I, clo- I closed um, the live down right after that. I was like, fine, yeah. I guess <laughs> you get none of it then. Um, but yeah. I, I think personally, I, I, do, I have a high threshold for things that could get on my nerves at a show. I mean, I, I don't mind people bumping around or people. People being a little I got, loud. I got one whatever. for you then. What do you think about um, people getting on other people's shoulders? You know, if, if, if the person whose shoulders you were on gave you their full permission to be on their shoulders, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> Chances how, are. How does that not happen? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Crazier things have happened. Um, <laughs> Get off my shoulders. Get off. <laughs> like, no, I'm not there. It's one of those things. If, if someone's on their, if, if someone's on someone's shoulders, there's two, two things. Number one, security most of the time will try to get you down. They don't like that anymore. I hate, I hate that. And number two, if security is not going to let you down, they're not going to be up there for long. I mean, it takes, it's not going to be like, they're not going to be up there for the whole 90 minute set of Jerry Cantrell, no. for example. So I, I have no problem with it. I, I don't have a problem with that. If, if people are crowd surfing in a show, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's, I think it's sick. I think it's awesome. It is, um, it is sick. Yeah. The only, the only thing that could get in my nerves is if it is a show where it doesn't make sense to mosh at and people people attempt to mosh at it and like you're yeah. at the front trying to watch the show and, and you're getting bumped into by like three people that are trying to start a mosh pit um that's never really been my thing it's very distracting yeah yeah and that happened um i don't remember which show it might have been jerry um there was definitely a mosh at the wonder Years show that i went to um that's but, expected. Yeah, that's that's expected. Exactly. So I think it was yeah. definitely a Jerry. I think there was an attempted mosh, and there was there was some contact, and that's that's kind of annoying. Um, I think if the mosh is going to happen, it's got to happen in an area a little bit, maybe a couple of paces away from the front. Um, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know what? Those people on the rail don't give up their spot for a mosh. No, they know exactly. Not to get involved. And, and that's the thing. Like if that. if people are moshing behind me, I'm getting bumped into. It. I mean, I you just have to lower your center of gravity and, and hold on. Cause you're there for, oh, yeah. you know, hunker down against the store. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's really not a whole lot that could aggravate me. Um, yeah, it, it would, it would have to be like a continual placing of straws on a camel's back. Like if somebody was spilling their drink on me for the entire night, that would mm. get annoying. Or if, if, if certain egregious things would happen more than once, like if the same person was bumping into you, four, five, six, seven times in a yeah. short period, then it's like, all right, we got to, 
we got to clean it up a little bit. But I mean, incidental yeah. stuff or just somebody just having a good it's time. It's a rock show. You know yeah, what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. So there's really, really I'm a big proponent of people on shoulders. Like yeah. I'm the guy. So, well, one is sometimes I've, I've gotten in front of people and like I said, I'm six, three. Yeah. So people are like, come on. Like she's, you know, she's so short. And like the person behind me and I'm like, look, I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I don't know what to say. I was like, I'm tall. And like, I was like, I can't help it. And um, so sometimes I get annoyed when people are just like, they're mad that they, I don't know, like get on someone's shoulders then. So that's what I was thinking. Like when well, I have somebody yeah. that's smaller and they have a different vantage point, I almost like once one time every show, I always like kind of drop down to who, if I'm with somebody that's small, I always drop them and I say, this is what you're seeing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then I'll always like, I'll put, I'll put anybody on my shoulders that, you know, and I pretty much can, I pretty much can uh, shoulder most people. I've shouldered my brother who's like 240, 250 at yeah. shows before, and it's pretty ridiculous, but it's such a great vantage point. You don't get to see people, yeah, you know, even if you you're don't just get up there for a second. Favorite, yeah, you, you, you know, it's usually it's a minute, you know, half, half a song, maybe depending on, yeah, depending on who's above you, but like that experience is so much fun it's like it's like a you know it's like crowd surfing but you don't have to regain your spot and have to find out how how to get back oh my favorite i've, I've crowd surfed a few times and again like i'm a bigger human so it's usually when my brother is there that i i can trust and he'll he'll kind of carry me with the crowd to wherever we need to go but it's so funny because sometimes you're stuck in the middle and you have to go to the bathroom and the only way to get out of the pit just to crowd surf and then you just, you know, so I'll you know, you crowd surf at the front and then you go to the bathroom and then you come back to where you are and it's like the best way to get out of a crowd. So I'm a big proponent for um, getting on the shoulders. I think that it's, it's unique and I, I hate when security tells me to get down because you're right. Like I'm not going to hold her for, you know, 45 minutes. Like, right. Just let us have this two minutes or a minute and then I'll, I'll you know, we'll be back to ground level and it's all good. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I like that. I think yeah, that's fun. I would, I would totally agree. I think for me, my barometer is like, as long as, as long as it's not a, a safety thing, which I, I think a lot of times uh, why they don't allow it is they, they think that, you know, shoulder, shoulder sitting or crowd surfing or whatever could be a safety thing, which I, I totally understand, but I think as general etiquette. I mean, you could do whatever you want. So as long as it's not going to endanger, endanger somebody, um, because, like you said, the height difference. I mean, it, that's all chance where you, where you end up in the crowd. I mean, it's not a, there's no, um, if you're six, two or taller, please stay to the right. And then if, uh, if you're short like me, you know, you get, you get a ticket up front. I mean, it's just luck yeah. of the draw. Yep. General admission, all costs the same. That's why they call it general admission. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can move, you can go, if you know, you can, you can go wherever you want. So yeah, yeah it's, um, like I said, it's all reading the crowd, reading the uh, environment and, and where you fit into the show and what is acceptable because I mean it would be pretty ridiculous if I put you on my shoulders up in Fenway in the second deck. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a little out of place. <laughs> you try to crowd surf down the grandstand at Fenway Park. Now that yeah, oh my you, just, you just gotta read the room, I think. Yeah. If you can uh, get one more one more can. one more music story before or one more person that I remember from a show and then yeah. we can move on to song of the week. Absolutely. Um I was at the Jerry show mm-hmm. and I sat down, it was like church pews, and I was kind of fit in an interesting spot. And the guy next to me, we got there and and it was weird the um you know, he was a bigger dude and he was just standing there minding his own business and somebody came by and they were using a phone 
with a flashlight on to like mm-hmm. see the seat numbers and stuff. Yeah. And you know, he was like, you know, pulling one of these was like, whoa, too bright, too bright. And like, it, you know, he was like pointing at the ground. It was really strange. And we got like one or two songs in and he's like right next to me, you know, one or two songs in and he was really jacked up and he like looked at his phone, saw something and then like, you know, scrambled to grab his stuff, like, and just bolted out to the right and just disappeared. Oh, not like super fast. Like, not like, I don't like not an emergency, but it was just like, I thought he was just going to the bathroom, but he never showed back. So he saw like one or two songs and he disappeared. (laughs) Well, I I hope everything's okay with whatever caused that individual to leave the show. That, that really stinks. I mean, there's never a good time for something bad to happen, but I feel like the Jerry Cantrell show is not a good time. Certainly not. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah, just pieced out in the middle of a show, but I guess that happens. Not a, it's not a strong ROI. You buy those tickets. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of wraps it up for uh, concert talk. I know we talk about this uh, quite a lot. We love we love talking. I think it's just the season of life where we've been seeing a lot of shows. Yeah. It's on our minds. Yeah, I, got, um, I got a couple on deck next week, and uh, this is uh, they're, they're definitely not crowd surfing, moshing uh, concerts, but they're concerts nonetheless, and I'm really excited about them. Uh, who do you have? Who are you going to see? So, uh, well, actually, the day this podcast is being released, I have I have John Mayer um, up in. Oh, up the in, reschedule. Yeah, the reschedule. Nice. John Mayer. So I'm I'm gonna go up and and see John on on uh, on Monday the ninth, and then uh, that Friday, five days later, I, I'm seeing Tomberlin um, also also up in, in in Boston. So I'm really That's excited awesome. about those two. So she just released a new album last Friday, and it's. Really, awesome really good i think it's yeah. I, I don't i don't know who needs to hear this i think is yep. the name of the album super yep. super good so she just wrapped up her european tour and i think boss the boston show might be one of the first shows she's playing makes sense in the state so i'm excited i would that. love to i would love to get her on the the podcast she's um she's great she's yeah. super good absolutely so without further ado i think we go ahead hit up song of the week and then do. we'll then we'll send it off for until next time. So Absolutely. let's do song of the week. Do you have one um, that you are you know, burning to share? I do or? actually. This this one was a little bit easier of a decision as opposed to last week. So last week, up until the uh, the moment of truth, I had a few that were in the running. But uh, before I unveil my selection, I would just like to thank our producer Drew McFadden and thank everybody who's uh, still listening at this point. Uh, we appreciate your continued support. Uh, throughout this endeavor next week we'll mark 60 episodes and that 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 seems pretty cool uh seems a little cooler than 59 but uh my song of the week uh ethan we we've um we've we've gone back and forth about this band and about a song off of this album and uh but it's not that song that i've selected but (laughs) my song of the week is coming from the 1996 banger of an album fantastic planet by failure and Hell my song yes. of the week is Saturday Savior by Failure from that album. And notably, that is the album that Stuck on You is from. And um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. This, this band, like the, the riffs that they have on this album and just the way they open their, their, their songs with just these kind of like slow, heavy, like dirgy guitar. Right. They just play like one string at a time, but it just sounds so heavy. And so awesome. Uh, I've been listening the last couple of days to uh, to that record, and uh, Saturday Savior is one that uh, one that has spoken to me in a way that I feel the desire to share it with all of you. So that's my song of the week. 
That's a good one. Um, that album is is really awesome. I've thrown that on a few times since we've gotten into them. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, my uh, um, my my failure renaissance actually it was it was spawned by a by a, a conversation I had with one of our top level patrons, uh, Rachel Corning. Uh, there they they've been into failure a little bit, so I, I decided to hop back into the pool, and uh, I've not been disappointed. I, I think that record is it's one that I I don't think I've given enough attention to in the past, so. I'm working overtime to to pay to pay its proper due this week. Love that. Love it. That's great. Um my song of the week is a little different vein. Um it's actually I've sent it to you. Um oh, just dropped my phone. I sent it to you last week. And um it is a local band. I think we a local to my my hometown, a band that I've put on here once before, but yeah. Um, from somebody that's in my brother's grade and actually the well there's two singers but the drummer was friends with my brother and then this the other singer the the girl d her dad was like one of my first um drum set teachers drum kit and uh the song is whiskey hand by chestnut grove and it's off their 2017 album and it's just it's a really really um unique kind of not bluesy, but um, you know, it's like whiskey hand. I don't know. It has that. It, you know, you can hear it in your head when you like. It's kind of like that folky blues kind of. I don't know. Yeah. Acoustic. I don't know. It has. It has a lot to it, and it's, it's a good. Like six, five or six minute song, I think. So, um, whiskey hand, and it's really, it's really good. It kind of drops down to really slow, kind of. Oh, I'm blanking. I'm trying to compare it to. What's that dude's name? Tennessee whiskey. Who who is that? Chris Stapleton. It has like a Chris Stapleton like folky mix to it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's how. But it's like way better than like. Chris I was gonna Stapler. say because you are you are not a fan of country music. You're you're, <laughs> no. you're, an, you're an outspoken enemy of country music. So <laughs> to name drop has, Chris Stapleton. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's a big. But it just you know yeah exactly. It has like that. Like whatever sound whiskey has for music, that's exactly how it sounds. You know, if whiskey was a genre, like yeah. it fits in that, that genre. Like that. That's, so that's that's a good that's a good That's what I'm trying to it. say. That's what I'm trying to say. So it was pretty sweet. I've listened to it a few times. I was like, damn, these guys are I was like, this I, this song had I missed it the first time around. So mm-hmm. um we hoping I wanna I wanna get them on the podcast sometime just for just for fun. I think they'd be really fun to talk to. Totally. Um so that is my that's my entry for song of the week. That's great. So we've got two good songs to add to the ever-growing list uh, from from different neighborhoods, but uh, they they meet here on the Brunch Bible Song of the Week segment. So I think that'll just about do it for episode number 59. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for spending the last little bit of time with us. Uh, We appreciate your time, and we're grateful for your support and your attention. Yes, we're excited to do this every week. Um, So again, if you'd like to support us, head over to Patreon. Hit us up, and if you don't want to do that, just keep listening. Um, That means a lot to us as well. And that's all we have. So we'll have a great week, and we will see you next time, uh, next week, the same exact time um, for another episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. All right, rock and roll. roll.